Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. All right. We are halfway through the week. Can you believe it? I'm really looking forward to coaching you today. I just realized that my notebook is on the ground and I cannot, I do not enjoy coaching without my notebook. Not that I need to enjoy it, but I'm much more effective when I do. All right. So this is a live coaching call, which means that the people who are going to be coached today have signed up before and they are here to be coached on something that they are thinking about. So we are going to get started right now with Sarah. And then we will do Michaela and then we will do Whitney. All right. Sarah, what can I help you with today? Coaching, thought coaching on weight loss. Okay. And that is what I want. Okay. Tell me, how much weight do you want to lose? Oh, goodness. I got to do some math. Hold on. 150 pounds. Okay. So goal is 150 pounds Mm -hmm. of weight loss. Okay. And what is your thought about that? What do you think about that? Okay. Yeah. So my thoughts about that are, I've always been overweight since I can remember. Um, I don't necessarily, well, I, well, I can't even say that I don't necessarily tell myself that, but, um, I do say that I do say that usually typically people when I'm talking about weight, um, my other thoughts are, is that food is one of my only joys, comforts and, um, avoidance. Um, strategy. Well, I can't can't say only. It's one of the main ones. If I don't feel fulfilled, food is my only joy. If I, you know, if I'm in a a really good um, energetic environment, or if I'm talking to somebody, if I'm doing something I love, I typically, you know, food can. I do love food. And, uh, but food usually is on the back burner when it comes to something like if I'm doing social or if I'm talking with people or with people I love or engaged. Okay. Um, so yeah. tell me, um, when you think about like the goal of losing 150 pounds weight loss, what do you think? Um, I've done it before. It's totally possible. Um, I've actually done it once more, you know, before my life, like I said. And, um, it was probably the awesomest time in my life. And, um, let's see, what else do I think about it? You know, I thought that it would be easier now. Cause when I did it before I was 20, what was I? 26, 25, something like that. And now I'm 36. So a decade later, 
And I have kids, a husband, 100 acres, over 80 animals. We started up homestead. And now I'm going to start a uh, plexus business. And I don't feel like I can keep it up. I don't feel like I can eat less. I don't feel, and I feel like um, my thoughts are that, you know, especially if I'm at home, um, that I need this food for comfort. I need this food to fill me somehow. I need it to fill a void that I'm feeling that I don't have time to fill it with the other thing that I probably need to fill it with because I don't see the resources around me. I don't see the things that I need around me. So when you think, I don't feel like I can keep it up, what do you feel? What emotion? Powerlessness, no choice. Powerless. And when you feel powerless, what do you do? Um, I, I, I will feel despair at times or just discouragement. And but when you're, and, but, but when you're feeling just powerless, when you think I don't feel like I can keep it up and you feel powerless in that moment, what do you do? Oh, I usually eat. Okay. What do you, what do you eat? Oh goodness. Um, uh, what do you do? I mean, I, what do you, what do you do while you're eating? What's going on in your um, head when you're eating, when you feel powerless? I'm sitting thinking about all the other things that I think are demanding my, my power or my attention. Like what? Children, um, all the farm animals, um, even just messages and sometimes like some things on my phone, like if someone's, I'll typically have, you know, notifications of text or Facebook messages, um, things like that. You're just thinking about while you're eating and you feel powerless, you're thinking about the things you need to do. And, or sometimes I tune everything out and just eat. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, no, we're going to eat like, I have to eat before I can do anything else, you know, or something like that. And then usually like, not only that, like my eating process will normally take like an hour or an hour and a half. Like it takes, you know, a long time comparatively, like for as many tasks as I have to do. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> when you are eating that way, you are avoiding that feeling of powerlessness, right? Um, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I, that doesn't feel super clear to me, but yeah, okay. maybe. Okay. We'll yeah. come back to that. So when you feel powerless and you, and you eat when you feel powerless and you think about the things I need to do, are you ever, um, like judging yourself about eating or are you like just enjoying it? Uh, no, actually like usually I kind of justify it. I'm like, well, I actually do need to eat. And, um, you know, and I don't necessarily, I mean, I, just as a side note, I do intermittent fasting. So typically I don't eat till like 11 or 12 and that's when the day starts getting picked up. And then I'm like, Oh, and then I feel the heaviness of all things need to be done. And my kids are needing that attention and time. And I already should have been out, you know, maybe sometimes I get out and do the animals 
or sometimes I don't. Anyways, so then I'm like, oh, I still have to eat. And then I take that hour and a half to eat. And then like one o'clock is here. And I'm like, crap, I've got to, you know, um, also some of this is time management. Eating and time management are like my worst, my weaknesses. So, so yeah. So let me see if I can go back. So let's see, what do I feel when I'm eating? I feel comfort. Well, I, but when you, when you think the thought, I don't feel like I can keep up. Then you feel powerless and then you eat and then you're thinking about things you need to do. You're telling yourself you need to eat. So you're justifying your actions. You're judging what you need to do or could be doing around your yard and your house. Well, and maybe here's the thing too. I just literally thought about this. I'm like, I don't really want to go outside and take care of animals because then I have to drag the two kids out. It's like, there's a lot of drama attached to it. I don't want to do, you know, whatever my husband wants me to do. (laughs) He's not, he's not an tyrant by any means, but like he has, he has a certain way he does things. And I'm like, I want to do things my way. So it's almost kind of like, it's my, it's my way to have power in my life. It's like, right. Well, and it's interesting here because you're avoiding the farm work. You're avoiding, uh, what husband wants to do. Or even my business. Avoiding business, um, avoiding children as well here. It sounds like. Uh, yeah, kind of. I usually, well, I usually set them up and make sure they have what they need, you know, and then I'm like, okay, mommy has to like eat right now. So y'all go. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Goal is 150 pounds weight loss. I think I don't feel like I can keep it up. I feel powerless. Then I eat. I think about the things I need to do, tell myself I need to eat. So I justify what I'm doing. I judge what I need to do or could be doing. I avoid the farm work. I avoid what husband wants me to do. I avoid my business and I avoid my children. And my result is I'm not keeping up. Yes. Yes. What do you think about that? Uh, saying it all that way is really interesting because then it's almost like my inner, my inner teenager, my little punk teenager is like, well, well, I'm just going to do what I want because this is what brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Is and it then I'm going to blame joy? it on the fact that I don't have time. Let's <laughs> say that again. I said, is it bringing you joy? Um, that thought, the thought of me wanting to lose 150 pounds and having the realization that when you choose this thought, I don't feel like I can keep it up and I feel powerless. And then I do all the things that you said you do or avoid doing. And my result is I'm not keeping up. Can you still hear me? You're frozen. Hmm. I'm going to just, oh, good. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. What What's kind of interesting. And then you have this other thing going on too, where you're like, no, but it's comfort and I need comfort. I want comfort yes. because yeah, you're yeah. like all these other things that I, that I'm avoid doing 
like they would be the opposite of comfort. And so I just want to sit here and be comfortable. Right. Yes. So the word that I used before was buffering. Have you heard of that word before? Yes. Okay. So we buffer to avoid negative emotion, right? We don't want to feel it. And so Mm -hmm. when we eat our bodies, our brains are programmed for it to be a nice experience. Like we get a hit of dopamine right away because it was meant for our survival hundreds of thousands of years ago. And so we're programmed to enjoy things like eating, sex, uh, connection with others, because it furthered our existence as human beings. So our brain was programmed to experience pleasure in doing these things, right? It's why there's this, this thought that, that you have when you're eating is I need to eat. I have, I mean, I need to eat, right? Like you're, you're sitting there and justifying it. Like I need to eat because I've got to do it today. Anyway, might as well do it now. Right. I need it right now. I want this right now because Uh I don't want to feel powerless. Feeling powerless is not a great feeling, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So kind of interesting here because when we feel powerless or out of control, right? Uh We act from a place of almost emotional childhood. And what I mean by that is when our eating is fueled by emotional childhood, like I don't want to go do the chores. I want to avoid what husband wants me to do. I don't want to, I want, I want to avoid my business. I don't want to take care of the kids right now. Right. It's almost like we are in this state of childhood where we're like, I don't feel like doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like when our kids are like, but I don't want to get dressed to go to church. I just want to stay here and play with my toys. I don't feel like it. Right. And so can you still hear me? Cause you're keep freezing up. I know everybody else can hear me. I'm just going to, oh, okay. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, yeah. But for, for many people, when their eating is fueled by emotional childhood, their food choices mirror this. Interesting. And what I mean by this is, is when we choose to not be responsible for our feelings, we also refuse responsibility for our actions. Mm. And so... What I mean by this is, is you, your goal is to lose 150 pounds, right? And you choose this thought. Hopefully you can still hear me. I can't, I can't see you're like frozen on my screen, which is fine. Um, but when we choose this thought or when you choose this thought, I don't feel like I can keep it up. It brings this feeling of powerless, right? And so 
you are actually completely powerful in your life if you choose to be, right? So what I want to help you see is that you are responsible for everything that you feel, right? And when we blame it, when we blame it on, I just need to eat or I don't want to do, is that so weird? You guys that like making that weird sound. Are you hearing it as well? No. Okay. And you think, I don't, I don't want to do what's that. Maybe go back toward the house, Sarah. I feel like you had better internet toward the house. If you can hear me and it's okay. Cause you can always watch the replay, but I'm just going to speak to you. Also, if you turn off your video, sometimes like, and you just uh, stop video, sometimes that will improve your internet, but maybe walk back toward the house. And then I'm just going to speak to you okay. and hopefully you can still hear me, but, okay. um, yeah. no, no, you're just fine. No, no, no apology. It's fine. Um, basically we want the end result to be a place where we don't feel as if we like right now you feel like you are that, that you don't have control over this. Is that correct? Okay. That? Uh, yes. Yeah, I do. I do feel that. Um, I don't necessarily feel that so much consciously, I don't think, but right. I have figured out that that's definitely a feeling. But what uh, I see here, one of the things that I see here is a little bit of placing blame on other people or other things, like almost as if you're acting as if you have no other choice, right? Like you're like, I have to eat. I have to go do all these things on the farm. I have to take care of my kids. And so many people feel like victims as if they're at the mercy of other people in their lives. Right. And I see this here when you say, I don't feel like I can keep it up. Right. And then you give all of your power away in that, in that statement, in that thought, all of our power goes away. And we act from almost like a childhood state of being when we act like it's out of our control. Right. And usually when we are in that space, we end up regretting it later. And so do you regret it later that night or later in the day or the next day when you're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have sat there and ate for an hour and a half. Uh, Yes. Yes, I do. Uh Yeah. And so then we have this like, then we feel badly that we gave away our responsibility for ourselves there. Right. We're like, Oh, I'm just so powerless. Why did I do that? Well, it's because I had to help with the farm and I had all these things to think about and I need to eat. Right. And where we want to eventually be is a place of emotional adulthood. Right. Emotional adulthood is where we take control over our life. And it's where we are not dependent on someone else 
We don't need to be because the most empowering thing you can do is be reliant on yourself, right? Self-reliance. Okay, true. So as an example, you might find that you have some, some thought errors here, right? Like you might, you might be thinking or choosing to think things like, I need to eat. Like I do. I totally need to eat. Right. But what do you need to eat? Can you hear me, Sarah? Okay. Now I can. Okay. So there's this thought error that I am, that I'm seeing here. And the thought error that I see is I need to eat, right? So you're justifying that you're eating, even though you know you want to lose weight and you feel powerless because you think, I don't feel like I can keep it up, right? And I need to eat. So there's this thought error here that I need to eat. And where the thought error is that I'm observing is what what do you Mm -hmm. need to eat? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I want to go for the thing that's like the most comforting to me. And it also takes a long time, you know, to make, well, and I, I probably make it take longer than it needs to take mm-hmm. too, because I guess that's also just me trying to be in control of what I want. And it's comfort. Comforting. Mm-hmm. Right. You said it's comforting. You said food is my only joy when when I want to feel, when I'm not in a situation that gives me joy, right? Mm-hmm. So the foods that you really only need to eat are vegetables, healthy fats, limited protein, and limited grains. Mm-hmm. And yes. yeah, but your brain's like, yeah, but we need to eat and I should be able to eat whatever I want and whenever I want. And it should take as long as I want it to take. Yes. And I need to feel this comfort, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not really true. I agree. Because I've done it before and I've just had a really tough time doing it now as a mom and a wife and with all the responsibility. I'm not emotionally caught up yet. I'm actually working with a trauma therapist about that. Yeah. And we're trying to take all of my emotional parts that were stuck and bring them all up. Well, and <clears throat> when you choose this thought, I don't feel like I can keep it up. Your result is I'm not keeping up. Okay. And you might think that it's just a fact that you don't feel like you can keep it up, right? Like I doubt self is also a result that I see here. I doubt myself. Yes. Yeah, because I've never been able to keep that consistent. So there is definitely doubt there. Right. And the most important thing to understand is that When we're trying to stop overeating, we 
what we're trying to do is we're trying to reprogram the brain Mm -hmm. so that we basically hit the reset button on it and, and get it to give us the cues of taking it back to center. Meaning when we have over hunger or when we have over desire or when our hormones are out of whack, right? Like like all of these things affect our ability to respond to this cue of I need to eat right now, right? So for example, when you get hungry, it normally comes on as like in waves. Mm -hmm. It comes on in gradual waves and cravings are a desire for like a specific food or a type of food. Like you're like, oh no, I want to eat. Like you're not going for like an avocado and two scrambled eggs. It doesn't sound like. Like what, tell us again, the, the food that you said you do pick foods that give you comfort that take a long time to eat, right? I lost you again. There you are. Like what foods, what foods tell Tell me again, one more time, what food you are choosing. You're not choosing like two scrambled eggs and an avocado. No, it's more than that. Those usually are included. Like, so for, I usually intermittent fast like 11 or noon. And usually at that time, I'm starting to feel pretty hungry. Mm -hmm. So then while I'm cooking, you know, sourdough toast, that we home make and our homegrown chicken eggs and mm-hmm. maybe a piece of vegan cheese. I'm putting that sourdough toast in butter and I'm toasting that on both sides in butter. I've got the eggs cooked in either butter or bacon grease sometimes. Um, and then uh, sometimes like a salsa or marinade on top, uh, sometimes not. Um, sometimes bacon. Um, Yes, that, but then along with that, like while I'm cooking, I will usually like kind of start snacking too. Like either if it's like a, um, like a healthy, like a, like one of those little like meal bars or protein bars or something like that. So typically between the hours of 11 and two, I will probably have like two meals worth of calories too. I guess I should say two modest meals worth of calories. Like my calories when I've counted them before can be anywhere from 600 to 1,000. And the 1,000 only comes in when I have two pieces of toast with two eggs and cheese and like a bar or a piece of fruit or something like that. But I'll smash it into a two to three hour window just because I feel really hungry at that time. Right. Well, and, and it, yeah. it totally makes sense that that you have this belief around food bringing joy to you and comfort because pretty much almost all entertainment and social events in our society where there's large gatherings revolve around food. Do they not? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I grew up in the South and it was very, it was even more food centric than some other cultures. Right. So we've come to believe that it's perfectly normal to overeat and that we should eat three meals a day with snacks for entertainment. Mm -hmm. And overeating has become a way to avoid pain and seek pleasure. And it's totally socially acceptable, right? Like how many times have you had someone say to you like, Oh, you're so sad. Do you need a cookie? Yes. Like I even joke about it sometimes, but it's kind of interesting because 
do you ever joke with someone and be like, yeah, do you need a shot of tequila? Oh yeah. Like here's your cookie. Looks like you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say that to someone. I wouldn't be like, Oh, let's get you a shot of tequila. And maybe you do like, maybe they're, maybe Oh, they're I give it to me. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> ever say you need a shot. of tequila. Right. And like, like, but in some, in like in some social circles, that might be your version of the cookie. Right. But it's, oh, yeah. still, yeah, it's, what you mean. it's still not as socially acceptable as food is like I could go into any home in America and I guarantee that if I said, if they're having a bad day, someone might be like, oh my gosh, do you need a cookie as a joke? Or they'll bring you a plate of cookies and say, get better. They'll bring you up. Yeah. Get well soon. Yeah. Here's a plate of cookies. Your husband just died. I'll bring you a pie. Right? Because it's so socially acceptable to treat our negative emotions with food as comfort. Right? And so oftentimes in childhood, and you might do this with your kids. I even see this, saw this coming up in my kids. And when I, when they were little, you know, um, a lot of times we're not taught to manage our emotions. So we don't know how to cope. Right. So really food marketing in our country in general is sort of based on taking advantage of our desire for pleasure with very little effort. Right. They're like, Oh my goodness. I just, I want to feel better. So I'm going to, you know, go out and eat this amazing meal at this amazing place. And then we can be happy. Right. Yes. yes so that. it's just, it's, it's of course, of course you feel this way, right? Like having compassion with ourselves there is so important, but do you want to keep believing? I don't want to feel like I can keep it up. No, no, because it's all. I think you were saying because because it holds you back, but your internet was not great. Okay, so what I want to talk about here is what you actually need to eat. Okay, and. It's, and if you want, like the intermittent fasting window, you're like 12 to 8 PM. That's pretty normal for you. Uh, yes. And I, I, that's what I try a lot of times. I'll, sometimes I'll fudge that after eight. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I do. Okay. Having a decision 24 hours in advance for what you're going to eat is where you can take back a lot of your power because okay. you're making the decision with your prefrontal cortex instead of your lower brain. That's telling you we need to eat. We have to eat to survive. We need to eat. So we need to sit here and eat and we need to eat for an hour and a half. So we really only need to eat very minimally. We need to eat vegetables as a priority. We need to eat healthy fats. We need to eat limited protein and we need to eat limited grains. 
We don't need to eat any flour or sugar to survive. Even though our brain tells us that we do, we don't. And so having a protocol or a food plan as your base reduces your body's, basically it it helps you control your insulin because you want to consider your meals, your food, your frequency of eating and your quantities ahead of time. So we want to remember that the main source of food that when you're trying to stop overeating and you're trying to lose 150 pounds, you want the main source of your fuel source to be your body fat. Yeah. And in order to unlock our body fat, fasting is an amazing way to do that. So eating in that 12 to 8 p.m. window is so powerful because you're making sure that you're putting your body into a fat adaptive state where it eats for fuel. It eats your body fat first, right? And so having that eight hour window, then you break your fast with like a salad with protein and a healthy fat. Okay. Yeah. For dinner, you have vegetables with protein and a healthy fat. And why do we intermittent fast? Because it gives our body a break from insulin. It allows us to have a reset with our hunger. It creates that mental discipline for coping with urges. Like I'm hungry. I want to eat. Nope. I'm not going to eat till 12 to 8 PM. It teaches your body to be fat adapted. So you can rely on the fat stores for fuel. It increases insulin sensitivity, which is different than insulin resistance. Insulin sensitivity is what you want. It does not slow down your metabolism. It actually raises your metabolism. It helps repair your cells. It extends the time and opportunity for fat burning. And when you get your body used to using fat for fuel, you will not feel deprived or hungry. So why is it so hard to lose weight? Um, why is it so hard to lose weight? Yeah. Um, because I am not, I'm not planning. I mean, you know, and literally, you know, I've, I know this, but I have to plan ahead of time because, um, I'm not planning ahead of time and, you know, and maybe I'm stacking up, maybe I'm making what I need to do more complicated than it needs to be so that I can still stay in this little buffer, you know, comfort buffering place. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll make excuses. Like I want these certain little cute containers. I don't want those cheap ones from Walmart that cost, like a, you know, like a dollar fifty each that have, you know, I don't love plastic. And so I'm like, well, I want more expensive containers. So I need to have like, um, 
you know, these blossoms with bamboo lids or something. And then I'm like, well, okay, now we have to have a budget for it. And then, but we have some other things we need to buy. You know, so anyways, I just put, maybe I make it more complicated than it needs to be. Um, well, I mean, the biggest thing here it. is whenever you start re- re- restricting food, your body is going to protest. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no. We need to maintain homeostasis. Yes. Yeah. It's like here. Well, and what physically happens to you is your body actually goes into dopamine withdrawal. Anytime that you go, that you try to restrict food, your body goes into dopamine withdrawal and, and it goes into glucose withdrawal. Like it's literally resisting tapping into your fat stores because remember your fat stores are there to keep you from dying, right? So it increases your demand for hunger. You might feel negative physical symptoms and emotions, but that only lasts for two to three weeks, six weeks at most, right? It's sort of like you got to like rip the bandaid off a little bit and be like, oh yeah, okay. Yep. I'm going to feel more hungry and my body's going to be like, we need to eat. We need to eat. We need to eat to live. We got to eat, but it's lying to you because really all you need to eat are vegetables, meat or beans, healthy fat and water. That's it. That's all you really need to eat. That's your minimum requirement for food. Everything else is optional. So when you say I have to eat, We want to be clear with our brain that what we have to eat are vegetables, meat or beans, healthy fat, and water. And no more than that. And if we're going to have a cookie and go off our protocol of that, we're going to decide 24 hours in advance. And we're going to be like, okay. My, my little girl has a birthday tomorrow. I would like to have a piece of cake for her birthday party. I want to know how many slices of cake are you going to have? One slice or two? How big of a slice? Are you going to eat it before or after dinner? Are you going to have, are you going to stick your finger in the cake batter when you're making it? Because if so, you have to decide 24 hours in advance. And it's not to be controlling of ourself. It's to use our prefrontal cortex to make the decision in advance. It has to be decided 24 hours ahead of time, what you will do, what you will eat, how much, and I'm going to be super nosy with you about it. Because we have to make decisions with our decision-making part of our brain, because right now we're making decisions with our lower brain, our primitive brain, and the result it's giving us is I'm not keeping up and I doubt myself. And I'm not achieving my weight loss goal, right? And I'm giving away all of my power to this thought, I don't feel like I can keep it up. So when someone has to give up, like think about someone that has to give up drinking like alcohol, right? Like they're over drinking. They don't give up all beverages. They just give up the ones that are causing them the issues, all the alcoholic beverages, right? 
So when someone gives up overeating, they're not giving up all food. It just might serve you to give up the foods that are causing you the issues. And it's totally your choice. You can continue to eat the way you eat. But your result is I'm not keeping up and I doubt myself. And is that what you want? I can't hear you. I think you might be muted. Oh, sorry. I answered. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I do not. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just start by deciding the protocol for what you're going to eat 24 hours before you eat it. Okay. And then you eat nothing else off that protocol. And when you make a mistake, we don't say, oh, I fell off the wagon. We say, yep, made a mistake. There I go, being human again. Is this what I want? Is this the result I want? Nope. Okay. Well, going to stick to my protocol. And, and when we resist, yes. And when we resist the urge to eat, when we want to feel better, when we're looking for food, for comfort, when we resist that and we just decide, I'm just going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to feel powerless, but I'm not going to eat. I'm going to just sit here and feel powerless. And the more times that you resist the urge to comfort yourself with food, when you're feeling something negative, the more power you have against it. 100 urges not acted upon is what it takes for you to not have the urge reward you. Okay. Because an urge is not a problem. It's acting on the urge that causes the problem. It's why when you have like an alcoholic, they, they will tell you, I have the urge to drink for the rest of my life. And it's not the urge that's the problem. It's when I act on the urge and I drink, that's the problem. And things Mm -hmm. that come up when I coach people for over drinking, things that come up for them are, but I deserve to have one drink. I should be able to have one drink. And I'm like, hey, have one drink. Go ahead. Have the drink. And if you might be like, I deserve to have a cookie. I'll say to you, have the cookie. Do you like the result that it gives you? You're totally in charge here. Yeah. You're the one who has all the power. So have the cookie if you want the cookie. Do you like the result? Maybe when you're eating the cookie, but later there's regret that comes up. And 
it unless you run it off. It doesn't even sound like you're snacking on cookies. It's like bacon and bread and butter and eggs and all. Oh yeah, it's dense. It's typically dense, high caloric foods. Like, yeah, and even the protein bars. I don't. I'm not actually a good baker. I can't even make a good cookie. My cookies are flat, so I don't typically bake a whole lot. But when I do have baked goods, yes, that's a problem too. So good thing we just don't bake a whole lot because then I'd be even more. Well, and and what I'm saying is is if you're going to go, if you're going to go off protocol, you just have to plan it 24 hours in advance. And what, what you're going to start to see is that you're not going to choose to plan it 24 hours in advance long-term mm-hmm. because yeah, in the beginning, you might plan it in. You're like, yep, tomorrow, going to do it tomorrow. And you might do it for like seven days in a row. I planned it. I planned my bacon in, totally planned my bacon in, Emily. And at the end of seven days, you're like, oh my gosh, but my result is still, I'm not losing weight. I'm so tired of that. I'm not planning bacon in anymore. I'm so bored with this. It's not Mm -hmm. even worth the comfort it's giving me because I'm not reaching my goal. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, do what, plan what you want to eat 24 hours in advance, but you can eat whatever you want. You can plan in whatever you want, but you're going to get tired of planning in the things that aren't helping you achieve your goal. Exactly. And so you might feel the urge to be like, oh, I'm just not going to plan tomorrow. And you can totally skip it and you can, you'll have a result for it. There will be natural thing, natural results that show up in your life from it, right? Yes. Okay. Work more work to do here, and we can work on this, and you know, private coaching and all of that. But this is a great place to start. Yes, true. All right. Sarah. Well, even just honestly, just realizing that you know, you know, just the realization that I'm in charge of my. What did I write down? I'm responsible for everything I feel because I have placed that blame. I mean, just remembering that is something that I've had to deal with before. It's something I have to do with again, I'm sure. But just remembering that I think is probably, you know, super key, super key for me today. It's empowering, really. Much different than the feeling of powerlessness, isn't it? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Interesting how it happens that way. And from empowerment, what might you do? Make choices with your full heart, like everything you got. And I mean, I take responsibility for it. And then, then you're not moping around and you're like, no, this is what I did. Okay. So, you know, whatever I do, then I can only have myself to blame. Yeah. And it's, it's a much more freeing, it's a much more freeing system because you can do it the other way you can blame, but it doesn't ever help you out. I mean, you know, with well, any and from a place of empowerment, you might feel, you might feel Like it's worth planning out your meals 24 hours in advance. Yes. Yeah. From a place of empowerment. And I'm going to plan. I'm going to do some, some planning. Now after we're done. That sounds exciting. It does. So awesome, Sarah. Thanks for sharing with us what you're going through. Yes. All right. Thank you, Emily. Appreciate it. You're so welcome. Okay, Michaela, you are up next. What can I help you with? 
Um, I'm just trying to figure out, honestly, like what thoughts, I'm sure there are thoughts, so I'm not going to say if any, but like, what are they that are holding me back from like being where I want to be? Like almost more like thought identification because like you can't even deal with them if you don't know which ones are the issue. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm, I tried to write down a few of like, um, what something that came up at the beginning of August, honestly, was like trying to map my months out. Um, and like, I know that that's important. Like I logically know that that's important but I get really frustrated with like when the plan doesn't happen, like when the math doesn't work. And so then it's like, why am I even making a plan? Like, if it's not gonna, like, if I can't, if I cannot ensure that the plan works the way that I plan it, then like making a plan is a waste of time. Um, and I've recently, like, I've noticed myself joking about like, well, I'm just not good at being my own boss. Like being my own boss is hard and stuff like that. And I feel like it's like limiting my productivity. It's limiting what I'm doing because I'm, I'm coming from this negative place. So when you think I'm not good at being my own boss, what do you think or what do you feel rather? Um, I feel most of the time I feel like, Like, if that's true, then like, what am I even doing? Like, if that's true, then I'm not ever going to be able to do what I'm trying to do because I am my own boss. So if I'm not good at it, then I'm, it's not going to work. So it's sort of like when you think I'm not good at being my own boss, it sounds like you're making it mean that it's a waste of time. Yeah. I trouble, I struggle with time management, which I'm definitely really working on that, like with my counselor and stuff like that. But um, because I struggle with time management, if something does not go efficiently or productively or the way I planned it, or I feel like I have had a shortcoming in the area of time, then like it was a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you think I'm not good at being my own boss, what emotion do you feel? One word emotion. Disappointed. And when you feel disappointed, what do you do? Sometimes I can fight through it and I'm just like, doesn't matter. We're going to do it anyway. And then sometimes I like sit in it and it's just like, well, why am I even trying? I want to go curl up in my bed and do nothing productive because it's a waste of my time. Okay, so we doubt ourselves, and sometimes, sometimes we curl up in our bed. And when you say do nothing, do you just lay there and think about things? Um, no, not usually. Like, I'll do something to distract. Like, I'll watch reels, but not like productively watch reels or uh, play a game on my phone or read a. Like, sometimes I'll try to at least read a, um, a book, uh, like personal growth book. So it feels like I'm doing nothing, but like, maybe I'm actually like, I, it's like, I'm trying to give myself a break, but that's also a productive break. Um, or I usually try to channel it into doing something productive. It's just not the thing that I should be doing. Okay. So we judge self, we curl up in our bed, we watch reels, 
play games on phone, read a personal development book and judge self. Anything else that you are doing or not doing? Anything you're avoiding when you do that? Um, it's usually my business that suffers because if I'm not good at being my own boss, then why am I, why do something that's with like under that umbrella? Like those are the things that I'm in charge of doing that I'm not doing. And now I'm feeling this way. Um, so I definitely will avoid that, but I'll, I like to try to like make an excuse, like, well, I'll just do this other productive thing. So I just like keep pushing it back. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it sounds like you're, you're also sort of, uh, like justifying self here. Like you're, there's like some justification happening like, oh, well, I'm, I'm feeling disappointed. So I'm reading a a self-help book and and that's better than reading like a, a book for pleasure. So it's fine to do here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then what comes from all of this? Um, I eventually have to get the stuff done later and it messes up, you know, another part of my day or I don't get it done. And then like, I know long-term that is not helpful. That doesn't get me any closer to my goals. Would you agree that your result is I'm not productive? Yeah, like I just don't feel like I'm moving towards my goals, but it's like, I don't feel like I'm moving towards my goals, which is then putting me in this place. So it's like a cycle. I'm not, like I'm not responsible for my goals. Yes. Yeah. I I felt a lot of like, this feels very out of my control. So I'm trying to figure out why I feel that way and like how to fix it and like what I can, what I can control. Do you see that you're choosing the thought? I'm not good at being my own boss. I do. I just don't know what to do about it. (laughs) Okay. So when we, when we acknowledge that this is a thought, why do you want to believe it? Because I know that you believe that it's true, but it's just a thought. What's true is I am my own boss in my business. Or my business could be your circumstance line to make it even more neutral, right? My business. I have a business. We can prove that in a court of law. I have a business. And my thought is, I'm not good at being my own boss. And then I feel disappointed when I think that. And when I feel disappointed, I doubt myself. I curl up in my bed. I watch reels. I play games on my phone. I read a book, personal growth. I judge self. I avoid my business and I justify myself. And my result is I'm not productive or I'm not responsible for my goals. And every time you pick that thought, that's going to be your result. Or I'm not the boss of me. 
is another result I'm seeing here. Do you want that result? No. And where do we take all of our power back? Do you know? Uh, action, like doing something. <laughs> That's what our brain thinks, but it's not because our actions come from our feelings and our feelings come from a thought. So the only place that we can take our power back is in our thought. It's where we give all of our power away and it's where we take it all back. And so this belief right now that you have about yourself, I'm not good at being my own boss. Why do you want to believe that? Or do you want to believe that? I don't want to believe it, but I have, I've never been able Um, because like, that's what it feels like my results are proving. Right. Cause you're choosing the thought. Your result will always prove your thought. I don't know how to choose different thoughts. When you choose the thought, I'm not good at being my own boss. You're making it mean that you're wasting time, right? You're like, I'm not good at being my own boss. So I'm just, this must mean that it's wasting my time. So what, what if you're wasting time? Then that doesn't feel productive either. Why not? Because it's time wasted, which I hate. Why is wasting time something that you hate? Because if I'm, if I'm not already at my goals, like if I have not reached my goals, than any time that's not spent working towards my goals, unless it's specifically allotted for something else, like specifically spending time with my husband or I'm going to go walk the dog. Like, unless I specifically label it for something else, it's like, like all that time has to go towards my goals. What is, what is so great about achieving your goal? Security mostly right now. Why? Because of all the craziness that's going on in healthcare. Like I'm not, I I don't have a backup plan anymore. So we have to, we can't waste time because we want to feel secure. And in our mind, if we meet our goal, then and only then we can feel secure. Is that true? Um, it would definitely help. Something that's so interesting that our brains do is they tell us that if we achieve this thing, then we will feel this way, right? It's yeah. like, oh my gosh. When I pay off all my debt, I'm going to feel so accomplished and we visualize it, right? You're like, oh my gosh, when I achieve my goals, then I'm going to be able to feel secure and certain and things are so uncertain now. And I do not want to feel uncertain. So I can't waste any time because if I waste time, then I am not working toward achieving my goal. And then 
I'm never going to feel certain and secure. Yes. But let's look at what else could possibly be true. Right now, can you pay all your bills? Um, With your current income? Um, Technically, no, not after the 15th of October. Okay. So after the 15th of October, we're not going to be able to pay our bills. But right now in this moment today, sitting here in what looks like maybe is your office. Can you pay all your bills? Uh, we'll see on Friday. We'll see, see on Friday. On Friday. Okay. I, I think so, but not actually certain. And it's like this unknown, right? Our body is like danger is ahead. We could die. And so a lot of times what I will do in this situation myself, when I'm going through this is I will allow myself to go to absolute worst case scenario. I'll be like, okay, Friday comes and I don't have enough money to pay my bills. What am I going to do? And a lot of times our brain's like, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. And instead, what I, what I want to encourage you to do is force yourself to take a guess. Friday comes and there's not enough money to pay your bills. What could you do? What's funny is that there's an actual easy answer. Like we have enough savings to live for like six months. Like it's not, it's not that it's not, not actually going to be okay. I just wish I had a way of making it more okay and like being sure that I could do that. How do you be sure that you can do that? Uh, work really hard and get to senior Ruby. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yep. I'm going to outrun it in my action line. I'm going to just run myself ragged. I'm going to make sure that I work, 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 work. And then that will make me feel better. But it's not working, which is why I'm here. (laughs) Right. Because when we're taking action from a place of scarcity, oftentimes our actions, we end up buffering or we end up, we end up making choices from a place that's not serving us. Right. Mm -hmm. And we think that then our brain begins to lie to us right? Like your brain's like, we might not have enough money to pay our bills on Friday. So we need to really be worried about this. And we need to really get control of the situation. We need to be senior Ruby. But if we allow ourselves to go to worst case scenario, if we're like, yep, okay, Friday comes and there's not enough money. What could I do? Well, I could take from my savings. I don't want to do that, but I could. And I'd be able to pay all my bills. And then October 15th comes. And what happens on October 15th? I don't know if I've asked this question yet. sounds like a job is changing. Well, I I don't want to 
be political, but like, I'm going to lose my job because I'm not vaccinated. Okay. So you're going to lose your job on October 15th. And then what are you going to do for money to pay your bills? I know you want to be senior Ruby and you want that to be the answer, but let's just say nothing changes. And on October 15th, you lose your job. How are you going to pay your bills? Um, look for something probably part-time outside of healthcare. Okay. So we could get a different job. Um, and we're kind of in this holding pattern right now because my husband may get a raise or he might get a different job. Both are on the table this month. So that's kind of up in the air. Um, husband might get a different job. Okay. Which would help either way it would be a pay increase. Um, but that's kind of it. Okay. It's kind of all we got right now. Can you apply for unemployment? Um, I don't think so. Just because I am my position right now, I'm, I am PRN. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's my main source of income and whatnot. So since it's already a backup plan and an extra, because like that was the whole purpose. Like my plexus income is enough to then when I, if I only work a few shifts a month, like we meet the difference. But without those few shifts, either like plexus needs to do better or we're going to have to like bridge that gap basically. Okay. okay. But it sounds like you have options. So you can pay your bills. Yes. But what I see your brain doing here is it's like, but we're probably going to die. Maybe, probably not. Right. But your brain is like warning you of severe danger that's ahead. And it's, it's because you are choosing thoughts like I'm not good at being my own boss, which is kind of an interesting statement if you do PRN work. Because in order to be successful at PRN work, you sort of have to be your own boss and make sure that you sign up for the shifts and show up for the shifts. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I texted last week and it was like, this is my availability. Like, So you're kind of great at being your own boss. Yes. I just get in this place where it's like, I'm not where I want to be. So like, it must be me that's the reason that I'm not. Right. Because anytime that we encounter uh, a problem or we encounter something that is uh, something that our, our brain perceives as danger ahead, what happens is, is we make stories up about why it's happening. And when we are in the midst of a struggle, we are neurobiologically hardwired to make sense of it as fast as we can. And if we can come up with a story that makes sense of it, our brain chemically rewards us for that story, whether it's accurate or not. And so what I want you to write down in big capital letters on your paper is what else is true?
Because right now, the story that your brain is focusing on, that you're allowing it to focus on is, I'm not good at being my own boss. And I'm going to lose my job. And I'm going to run out of money. And we're not going to be able to pay our bills and fill in the blank. Right? What else is true? I'm actually pretty great at being my own boss in PRN work. And my business is actually, like, it's growing. It's not like I'm not going anywhere. I'm just not where I want to be. And my business is growing. And what else is true? Anything else true that we could identify? I have options. That was true. Options. What's your degree in? Physical therapy. Oh, same with my husband. Do you have your doctorate degree? I do. Okay. So (laughs) are there jobs that you could take as a physical therapist that would not require working in a hospital setting? I'm sure there are. It's just not my it's not what I love to do in PT. So it would be, it's, it's an option. I mean, I worked an outpatient today, actually. Okay. Um, we, have options. we have options. So when your brain picks that thought, I'm not good at being my own boss. You could talk back to it and say, it's okay though. We have options. Because in your mind, you're like, I'm not good at being my own boss. And that's a problem. Right. And what I want to offer to you is, yeah, I might not be good at being my own boss. Sometimes I'm not, but I have options. But I want to be good at being my own boss because if I'm going to do this in the long term, I probably need to be. Maybe. We don't know. I can think of a lot of examples of people who are horrible at being their own boss who are at the top of their network marketing company. How do you think they did it? Helping other people. How else? Just doing it anyway, like doing what you can do. Maybe they hire an assistant. Playing to your strengths and not focusing on what you're not good at. Yeah. And when we when we think that it's a problem that I'm not good at being my own boss. It like puts us into this state of like hyper awareness of everything that we can't do. Doesn't it? But like, what's the best way? Like I'm super not good. Cause it's not the first time I've heard about like changing your thoughts and stuff like that. Like I'm super bad at like recognizing that that's like not a thought that I should be having. And, and battling it. Like, I don't think about battling it until like a lot later where I'm like, well, that wasn't the thought I should have been having. 
but like it's already like at least limited me some like I think the thing here is to also recognize like it's not that you should or shouldn't be having it it's that you are or you aren't having those thoughts and when we judge ourselves and we say oh I shouldn't be doing this then we get defensive and then typically we mirror exactly what we should or shouldn't be doing. And in our result, we have a net negative. So you can, I mean, you can totally believe that you are not good at being your own boss. But each time you pick that thought, your result is I'm not the boss of me. And I'm not responsible for my goals and I'm not productive among other things that we could find. And so knowing that that's what your brain does when you choose that thought and understanding that this is a belief that you have about yourself. One of the best places to start is compassion. Of course, I would feel that way about myself. I believed it for a really long time. Right. And if we believe something for a really long time, like years and years and years, then it's going to take us like more than just picking a new thought to fix it. Right. But I get it. Cause like I want my results right now, too. Right now, I want to stop giving my power away. And I want results right now. And just tell me what I need to think. And I will outrun it in my action line and I will fix this. But then it doesn't work. And I keep coming around to the same problems. Because I haven't changed the belief yet. I still have the belief there, right? So in order to change a belief, first we start with compassion and then we are curious, right? And so the work to be done here is why do I think I'm not good at being my own boss? Why is that? Why do I think that? And then you can list out all of the reasons that you have that you feel are true. And you can ask yourself, you can even say to your things like, look at these things I believe about myself. Look at me go. Look at me having all these thoughts about myself. There I go again. Thinking I'm not good at being my own boss. What else is true? And you can write out what else is true. Like what's true about you as the leader of your team? Um, Other people tell me that I'm a good leader, whether I believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Like often. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I do have a team. Like I have like six girls who want to do this with me. Mm-hmm. And okay. I've been asked to like part, like my upline treats me more like a partner than someone. Like she, she actually relies on me and asks me to do things and like be responsible, like almost more in a partnership than, mm-hmm. and like she doesn't do that with every, like all of her level ones. So people follow me. 
That's true. Sometimes I'm not good at being my own boss. Sometimes I'm, but most of the time I'm good at being other people's boss. Right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm good at being other people's boss, maybe it doesn't matter if I'm good at being my own boss. Is it possible that if you are good at being other people's boss, that it doesn't matter if you are good at being your own boss? Only if I'm failing them. How do we know? Probably just in my head. Could be. But how do we know if you're failing them or not? Because see, your brain's like, oh, yeah, but let's pick it apart. Let's figure out how we're bad at this, too. And when I see myself doing this, I go, shh, just hang on just one second. Shh. Might not be good at being my own boss, but I'm really good at being the boss of other people. So maybe it doesn't matter. And honestly, I'm good at being my own boss in other things like my PRN job. So maybe I'm not as bad at it as I think I am. Probably true. (laughs) I want you to listen back to this on the recording and write some of these things down because this is going to keep coming up as long as you believe this about yourself. And as long as you believe this about yourself, it's going to get in the way of getting the results that you want. And you're going to feel tempted to outrun it with action. But that's not going to fix the result. The only thing that fixes the result is if we challenge the belief that we have about it. So listen back to this, write some of these thoughts down, like, and maybe it doesn't matter. Because it will be a bridge thought for you. It will be a bridge from, I'm not good at being my own boss to, and maybe it doesn't matter. That's the bridge. And then after you say, and maybe it doesn't matter. And what else is true? Then you can start to believe something else. And you can start to shift that belief until one day you might actually believe I'm really good at being my own boss. But that's how you get there. You have to walk across the bridge by by being curious about what you believe and what you want to believe. And right now, you want to believe, I'm not good at being my own boss. And so you pick it up a bunch. But is it possible that it doesn't matter? And not considered that. (laughs) Pretty crazy, right? You've totally got this. You're so awesome. Thanks. And you have a huge giant savings account. I do. I do. I have a lot of debt, but I can pay my bills. (laughs) can pay your bills. So you just remind your brain of that when it's like, oh my gosh, and we're not seeing your ruby yet. (laughs) 
you'll be like, totally got this. We've got this big old savings account. We're going to be able to pay all of our bills. We're good. Yeah. So the husband says too. So <laughs> yeah, but you don't believe it yet. I know. So that's why you're going to do this work of maybe it doesn't matter. We're going to hook it on to the end. I'm not good at being my own boss and maybe it doesn't matter. So anytime you hear yourself say, <coughs> I'm not good at being my own boss, you're going to be like, and maybe it doesn't matter. Is it possible it doesn't matter? And we just keep saying that. And eventually we're going to be like, I'm so sick and tired of hearing myself say that. I don't even think it matters. <laughs> then we're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm believing something different. Crazy. And then we get to be like, I'm actually good at this. People follow me. People trust me. They give me jobs that require responsibility and follow through. Like all these other things are true about me. So maybe I am really good at being my own boss. And then eventually going through that over and over and over again, you're going to start to hear yourself believe. I am so good at my job. I'm not perfect every time, but I am good at my job. I'm 50-50 at being my own boss. 50% of the time, I rock it. The other 50% of the time, I am a mess. <laughs> right? But like right now, your brain's like, we're either good at this or we're not. And we've got to get good at this or we're going to fail. And then October 15th comes and it's D-Day. Yeah. And that's why we have to talk to your brain and be like, that's why we have a savings account. So glad I have that option. I have lots of options, actually. You could even do cash pay. You could see cash pay clients. Home health cash pay. Work for yourself. So many options. What else is true? Keep asking yourself that question. And what else is true? So good, girl. Hey, you're welcome. Whitney, you're up. How are you today? Good. How are you? <sighs> it's been a day, but it's the first day of school and the kids are at school and I did it all today. Hooray. By myself. Way to go. I think when I signed up for this, that was the one thing that bugs me is I never feel like I can manage my time. I do great all day long, eight to five. I do my work. I take my lunch. I forget my breaks and I just work. And then when I leave my day job, I feel guilty because I didn't get as much as I needed to done or I should have gotten done. And then I never get to my other job, as I call it, you know, my plexus fun. <laughs> um, and I always pray I get all of the kids activities done and I maintain a good relationship with my boys. But at night, I regret that I didn't do it all. Mm -hmm. So today, the fact that I did it all and was on time to everything made me feel, okay, maybe I can do this. 
but I still question it sometimes. Well, when we rely on external things to make us feel a certain way that I only believe it when this happens, then we sort of set ourselves up for this false truth, right? Sort of like I've talked about this. I think I talked about this a couple, um, a couple episodes ago. I used to only feel like my business was doing well if I was on the leaderboard. And if I was on the leaderboard, whether it had been a great enrollment week or not, I was like, if I was on the leaderboard, I was like, yep, see, I'm doing okay. And if I wasn't, even if we had an amazing week and had like incredible enrollments, if I wasn't on the leaderboard, I'd be like, oh my gosh, we're falling backwards. Going to be a dried up diamond, never on the leaderboard. And it was like this external thing outside of me was, was what I gave all my power to. Right. And then I just got so tired of that, that I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing amazing. We're doing amazing things. That's what I want to believe. I don't want to believe the other stuff anymore. Right. So when you feel like I never feel like I can manage my time and you only believe that you're manage your time well on the days that you get it all done, then we're relying on this external source of validation. And we're like, I can only feel okay when I get it all done. And when I don't get it all done, then, then I am not okay. Right? So um, today's schedule, when you got everything done, you're like, see, maybe I can do this. Right? Yeah. But tell me about a day when you've chosen the thought, I never feel like I can manage my time. When did you think that last? Oh, that happens a lot. That's more than the good days, to be honest. Um, When's the last time it happened? Friday last week. Okay. Tell me (laughs) about it. I, the kids were all at home and Trav was running late because he was trying to get home and I didn't get dinner made and it was fend for yourself again, (laughs) which had been all week. And all I wanted to do was cook a dinner for everybody to sit down and eat together because we don't get that very often. Mm -hmm. And I went to bed, even though Trav was home, I went to bed counting down the hours that he, or counting the hours that he was still going to be there. And every time I turned around, we'd lost an hour and it was just depressing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, it was, wasn't a bad day at work, but I didn't, I didn't feel like I got what I wanted done. Did you get family dinner? At eight o'clock at night, we all ate pizza, cold pizza together at the table. Okay. So you ate Friday family dinner at 8 PM. Yep. And what did you think about that? Not my favorite, but we did it and we got to sit down and catch up on the week and look forward to what was happening the next day. Okay. When did you think I never feel like I can manage my time? Probably about six o'clock on Friday when I was still trying to figure out what we were going to have for dinner and worrying that Trav would not make it home for us, even if I did cook something. Okay. I should have planned my day better, even though Hmm. I don't control his schedule. Okay. So Friday, 6 PM, you think I never feel like I can manage my time. Yep. 
and I should have. Yep. And when you think, I never feel like I can manage my time, what feeling comes up for you? Anxiety, like I need to do more. And so what do you do when you feel anxiety? I usually start deep cleaning or cook more food than we'll ever eat or <laughs> sit. some days I'll give into it and sit down and cuddle the puppies and avoid it. What kind of puppies do you have? We have four, three miniature schnauzers and a poodle. I love dogs. <laughs> I love dogs. Okay. What do you do when you're sitting down and cuddling the puppies? What are you thinking about? Usually I'm watching out the window, hoping that travel pull in. That's my usual position. Okay. Uh, judging self here a little bit, like I should have, I should have done it better. I should have been better with my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you, Friday at 6 p.m., you think, I never feel like I can manage my time. You feel anxiety from that thought. Yep. Then you deep clean your house. You cook more food than you will ever be able to eat. Yep. You sit down and cuddle the puppies and think about husband coming home. Yep. And judge self. Yeah. And your result is, I let my time go. Yeah. What do you think of that? Sounds pretty exact for what happened on Friday night. So I would say it's pretty accurate, but I know I need to, I know I need to let it go. I just struggle with that. Why do you need to let it go? Because I can't control everybody else's schedule and I can only do the best for me kind of interesting because in your result line, I'm also seeing, I'm not controlling my schedule. Well, and I can't control anybody else's schedule, even though I try to. Right. Cause in your mind, you're like, if I sit here and I cuddle the puppies and think about husband coming home, maybe he'll come home sooner. Yeah. And if he comes home sooner, then I can feel relief. Yeah even though that's what stresses me out more. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a counter cycle. Great. <laughs> right. What's stressing you out? Time going too fast, I think. I know that's what your brain thinks is happening. Yeah. But what is creating your experience around time? Husband's job, your kids, are those things creating that? I don't think they're creating that. What creates your experience? 20 years ago when my brother passed away. And so I try to make the most of every minute we have together. Because you can't control life changes. But we're sort of a victim of our thoughts here. Yeah. Right. Cause we're like, 
it's because of my brother passing away that I have to make my time count. Yeah. But really the only thing here that is getting in the way of your experience is your thought. I never feel like I can manage my time. Yeah. And your thought, my brother died 20 years ago. And so I have to make every minute count. And when you choose the thought, I never feel like I can manage my time. Your result is I let go of my time. And what I mean by that is I blame everybody else's schedule for why I can't manage my time. It's not my fault that I can't manage my time. It's my kids' schedules and my husband's job and all the things I need to do. That's why I can't manage my time. Yeah. But is that true? No. What's true? I guess that's what I have to find out. Who is in control of your time? My time is me. Right. So if you're in control of your time, then husband coming home doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't change my time. No. And kids schedules doesn't matter. Doesn't change my time. Right. And so if you want to be in control of your time, What are you going to have to believe about time? It's going to go on no matter what, but I can control my schedule, my time. Time goes on no matter what. Yes. I decide what to do. With my time. Yeah. What do you feel when you think that? Time goes on no matter what. I decide what to do with my time. It's two thoughts there. What do you feel when you think I decide what to do with my time? Optimistic. (laughs) Interesting. Not anxiety. So when we choose, I never feel like I can manage my time. We feel anxiety and we deep clean and we cook food and we sit down and we cuddle the puppies and we think about husband move coming home. We judge self, we victimize ourselves, and we let our time go. I let my time go. I don't control my schedule. Yeah. I let everyone else control my schedule. But when we, when we choose this thought, I decide what to do with my time. We take all our power back. And we take accountability for our time. We control it. 
ownership of our time. Yes. We control it, not it control us. Yes. It's like the Jim Rohn quote. I run the day or the day runs me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right now you're like, yep, the day runs me. Runs me ragged. Here it goes. Watch me do it every day. Except the day where I like get it all right and then I can feel good about myself. But right now I don't like myself. I don't like my time, which is kind of interesting because your whole thing with your brother, you're like, I can't waste a second because my brother died 20 years ago and I have to make every second count. But right now what you're doing with your time, your result is I don't like my time. Yeah. I throw it away. Throwing it away. Instead of make the most of it, I throw it away. Yes. And it's because of this thought, I never feel like I can manage my time. And where we take our power back is in this thought that you came up with on your own. You have all the answers, remember? Yep. I decide what to do with my time. And sometimes you might be like, yep. Cuddling with the puppies on the couch, waiting for husband to come home. Going to just sit here and feel anxiety. And other days you might be like, I decide what to do with my time. And I'm going to go send some messages. Because I value my time. Right now, you're not valuing your time. Even though you think that's what is most important, it's not coming through in your result. When you think, I never feel like I can manage my time. Yeah. What do you think? I need to give up some of the schedules that I try to maintain because that's where I give it up or where I give away my time and throw away my time. What if we can't give up any of the schedule? Then I accept it and keep going. And you decide, you, you decide what to do with your time. Yep. It's my control, not anybody else's. Yep. Pretty awesome, huh? Well, and that's what I needed. I've been thinking about it a while since I started listening to your podcasts and it was like, okay, I have to get a second opinion kind of thing. Somebody else to ask the questions because maybe that makes a difference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Here you go. Gonna go, We're all gonna go be human. <laughs> we can all go be human together now. Oh, yes. Okay. All right, guys. This was so great. I'm so grateful for Sarah and Whitney and Michaela and your vulnerability and your courage to share what's going on in your head so that we can learn from you by self coaching as we listen. Super powerful. I can't wait to see what you do with this. Okay. Bye, guys. 
is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.